Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke, and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, is once again, as always, across the internet from me at an undisclosed location. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm trying to masquerade as a child to work my way up into the Formula One circuit, and I think you need to start as a kid, so that's what I'm doing this week. I've watched a lot of Drive to Survive on Netflix. (laughs) I was just going to say, because you're watching that. I finished it, yeah. I've... I just finished like season three. I think it just came out or whatever. But yeah, super, super fun. So now I I need to drive. I need to win. I watched half of season one and then I forgot about it. So I should go back and finish that. Alex just went back and is now watching season one and two. (laughs) It's such a good idea for a reality show. It is. It is. All right. We also have Dean Daly on the podcast with us today. How are you doing, Dean? I'm good. I'm a little lost. I have no clue what you're talking about, but um, it sounds very straight and white so maybe that's why i don't know honestly i wouldn't be surprised if two of the drivers are gay but it is probably pretty straight as a concept it's um like a behind the scenes reality show based on the formula one circuit which sounds really dumb but the amount of like drama that actually unfolds there is is pretty nuts it's a pretty like high tension workplace and i think that that puts a lot of like just drama in the show okay all right cool this is the best opening to the podcast we have ever done, for sure. Yeah, well, people people need to know right off the bat that we've switched. We're not doing we're not doing tech anymore. It's we're not even doing like electric cars. We're not doing. It's just Formula One. We're here. Isn't mm-hmm. isn't there like a Formula E or something like an yeah. electric car? Okay, cool. Maybe we'll do an episode. In my first year at Mobile Syrup, I got invited to one, and I said no because I I was like I don't know if this is something that like we should do or I should do, and I had to go to like Montreal and take all these days off work to do it. And it is one of the biggest regrets I have. I totally would have been like, go do that. That's sick. I actually remember you talking about it. I think you brought it up to me in conversation. And I was just like, I don't know. The worst, the worst, all the worst that happens is they say no. And you're like, no, I'm yeah. not going to ask. Yeah, no, it was pretty <laughs> early on, I think. But yeah. either way, I'm hoping it'll come back. I'll get another shot at it. So on this week's episode, we're talking about LG finally officially confirming that it's leaving the smartphone industry. And also, we'll probably briefly talk a little bit about Apple's rumored April event, because it's probably going to finally happen, maybe, sort of, we hope. But before that, Bennett, please hit us with the hottest news of the week. First thing is a bit of telecom news. This week, a bunch of industry experts, I guess, big people in the telecom space, like university professors, people who study it. Michael Geis was a big, a big part of the hearing. I know that for sure. Yeah, basically, yeah, they basically held a hearing with like government regulatory bodies on and about the Rogers and Shaw merger that we talked about last time on the podcast. And I think basically they, it seems like the gist that I read from Aisha's reporting is that like everyone is against it, surprise, surprise, for the most part. Or at least that yeah. freedom needs to be spun out. It's not going to be as good. They do a lot of comparing to like the Bell NTS merger from a few years ago. It seems negative from these perspectives. The big takeaway, I think, for our our readers and listeners is that industry experts largely think that this will result in higher wireless prices. Yeah. Every, I, I, there was like, I think every single person that I used to was like talking about in her story, all of the experts, all of them were saying like, yeah, freedom said they're not going to raise their prices for three years, which everyone here knows that means that after three years, they'll raise the prices. prices. (laughs) So what's the point? We'll do uh, another episode with Aisha, I think, at some point soon, just to, to get an update on that situation as, as the hearings continue to happen. Yeah. But beyond that, back in the truck space, back in me, you know, big, I'm a big truck guy. Chevy said that they're going to be building an electric Silverado. 
basically they just said they're going to be building it, which isn't like the biggest piece of news because we all all knew that that someday a Chevy was going to build an electric Silverado. Like how could they not? But they are. They confirmed it. They confirmed no specs about it other than it might have somewhere around a 650 kilometer range, basically built on like the same battery platform as the electric Hummer. So I guess a lot of the the core specs you could see of the electric Hummer, like its horsepower, its range, its you know, torque and speed and that types of things will probably be very similar on the Silverado. But a lot of those like flashier features like the grab walk tires and the removable roof and like all the add-on stuff, will, I think will probably not be there because it'll be more of a, hopefully at least it'll be more of a regular like consumer truck that regular people can like afford and buy and use for like work and actual like truck things. You know, I, I don't have hauling. anything really to add. It's it's just cool to see legacy automakers finally playing catch up and, and embracing the concept of electric vehicles and taking legacy brands too that they have and, and turning those into electric cars. It's neat. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the electric like Ford F-150 and Silverado look like. Sorry, Dean. Yeah, I used to work for GM, so I know they're pretty proud over there. Like they're pretty proud of their their especially the Chevy brand and their Silverado. So it's like it's cool to see that they are realizing that times are changing and they gotta move on up. Yeah, the electric truck, like just the truck market in North America is huge. So the electric truck market theoretically should explode much faster than the car market. But I mean, we'll see what happens. It's been slow going, and I don't think everyone's buying this to the Cybertruck as much as. Tesla maybe wishes. <laughs> this next piece of news actually is kind of related to uh, driving as well, but it's Google Assistant Auto Driving Mode. So if you remember all the way back from 2019 at Google I.O. in May, I believe, Google showed off this like version of Google Assistant where you basically get in your car and you say, hey, Google, let's drive. And <laughs> your car, your phone, Google Assistant basically switched into this version of like Android Auto, but it looks very much like Google Assistant. and is i don't know it was just a really cool idea it kind of like hinted that google assistant could become its like own operating system that sort of like morphs into whatever you need it when you need it which is like kind of happened but hasn't really like come to fruition yet and that was what and that's what google assistant driving mode was supposed to be didn't happen now it's like this add-on to google maps where you can still say like hey google let's drive and um it will like kick off into maps and you can quick access to your like music apps and a bunch of other stuff and like quick access to Google assistant. But overall it's kind of just like a repackage of a lot of features that we already had. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad about it. I don't know. My car has a uh, first generation Ford sync. So I don't care about anything to do with Android auto or CarPlay because I don't want to buy a new car anytime soon. This is on your phone. Like this is, is this just on your, like oh, this is for okay. people to get their phones on their dashboards. So I, I do that. So this is something that I could use. Yes. Now, when you open Google Maps, if you have like you, it's weird because you have to like enable this. You have to like go into settings, go into navigation settings, and then like enable Google Assistant driving mode. But once you do, once you open Maps and you're on that navigation screen, you know, where it's like showing you turn left in a kilometer and a half or whatever, there'll be a little like at the bottom, it's usually a green bar showing you, I think, how far until the next turn. It's like a green bar at the bottom. Now there's another gray bar below that, with like a quick access to Google Assistant and okay. an app launcher that is basically just mostly music apps were in there. There's some podcast apps in there for me. And then also there was quick access to like send messages or phone calls to people you've recently sent messages or phone calls to. It's like a quick dial or a quick message thing through using Google Assistant. Like you're not typing, you're just, you, you know, I uh, want to send a message to Pat and then it'd be like, what do you want to say? And you would say, I want to say, uh, hey, Pat, I'm on my way. I'm driving. Something like that. It's... I mean, you could you could do that already through Google Assistant just using voice commands, but now it's a little more interactive, which I guess should make it more accessible to people because they'll know it exists, yeah. but more dangerous because now they'll be touching their phones more than they were previously. Or less, I Maybe guess, I'll give because it a shot. I guess I just was excited about it in the, fat, in the future. I was like, Google Assistant, Sly, Google is making this secret operating system. It's going to control smart speakers and cars and everything. And, and it didn't happen, but maybe it will. Beyond that, not driving related. E3 happening this summer, online only. What do you guys think about that? I know you're both big gamers. I continue to be surprised that E3 still exists. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was going to die several years ago. I thought that when they opened it up to the general public and it was no longer just like a press-specific event, that that was sort of the last year that it would end up happening. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that it's still around. I, I don't think that a remote 
event despite being free is going to be as big as like the in in person like bombastic huge thing that e3 usually is um and then it's also important to note that playstation still isn't going to be at the show which is a, a notable absence the only two like big video game companies in terms of the hardware manufacturers that will be there and nintendo and xbox just like previous years but even then now that it's digital like okay let me take a step back from my my experience with e3 ever since i've been in high school i was like i'm not going there obviously because i wasn't a journalist and i'm not like that into it that i'm gonna like put myself on a plane and fly to e3 to go as a public so my experience with e3 is i just like watch all the presentations online and it's a good time it's like you probably get like five to seven hours of content over a few days out of that i did that too yeah exactly you know you make some popcorn you watch the now well now we watch it and we write about it a little bit for work if we have to but you know you just watch the presentations and it's a good time do you not think like yeah, like if E3 wasn't dead yet, why do we even need it now? Like if you can't physically actually go in person, can't each company just like put up their own press thing? Like this is what Sony is likely going to do. They're going to just put out their own yeah, event really around the same time. Sense. Like like last year, uh, they they just canceled it, right? From my, what I remember, like there was just no E3 and there was yeah. just a summer of gaming, right? So I think that was just, that just made more sense. They're yeah, and the, the summer of gaming wasn't, wasn't related to e3 it was like a, a separate thing that, yeah that jeff jeff keely was doing but like it's just each publisher just do their own things they launch their own videos i don't think e3 is really i like i don't get me wrong i really enjoyed it i used to sit down i used to time each conference i used to uh before mobile strip i used to actually take the time off of work to even just yeah. do it i and, used to do that too um mm-hmm. and like i need the bethesda concert i mean the bethesda conference conference thank you I can't <laughs> it is fun um, though like if you're a big nerd it feels like a, a concert or a performance yeah. it feels like something worth watching it's really fun but like it would always be around like 11 p.m et like it was always the latest one so you're like okay i gotta stay up even though i have work the next morning or like um i don't know it's so it was a it was fun while it lasted i just don't think it's still necessary the thing that's changed is that so all of these video game publishers console manufacturers do their own events over the course of the year. So it's no longer like this one big, huge video game thing where all of the announcements are, right? Mm -hmm. It's often like updates to things that have previously been revealed. Sometimes there's big reveals, like don't get me wrong, but it's just not as, like the content shown off at E3 often isn't as fresh as it was uh, even just a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's probably fair. It's still nice to see though. And like, it's nice to wait, you know, like, yeah, we know like EA and, Everybody is going to have like it's conferences fun. throughout the year, but it's nice to be like, okay, like this is E3, you know, there is like a little bit of magic in the air. What are we going to see? Even if it's like new gameplay or like some weird indie, you know what I mean? Like I think Sea of Solitude, which is, you know, things like that always pop up. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like even like we know that Nintendo is going to be there. So that means we can wait for the next Pokemon trailer for this new Pokemon game that we know it's coming out. It's going to probably also be there. It's kind of a, like something to look forward to um, instead of just a random event that no one knows exactly when the date will be so like yeah there's something about condensing it all in the course of like what was e3 like about three days two days it's like a week in total it's from the sunday to the thursday yeah but the conferences were usually only the first three days and then the rest yeah. of it, it's kind of like mwc where and then they they started to there. bleed into the sunday too like bethesda would do one on the sunday which yeah. obviously bethesda wouldn't be doing their own anymore because they're owned by microsoft um, oh, I think they yeah, still might. Yeah. I, I think they still might do their own. They always were like heavily involved in the Microsoft presentation anyway. You know what I mean? Like when Fallout 4 came out, you saw it at Bethesda. Microsoft came the next day and you got like a lot of Fallout yeah. 4 gameplay information. I guess maybe. I, I just think that Microsoft would fold it into their own presentation because they bought them for a reason, right? Like I think that they will fold it into their own presentation, but I think that they're honestly better off hitting twice. You know what I mean? Like if we were to write yeah, maybe. a story twice, we'll get more clicks than if we do it once. And I think Bethesda and Microsoft kind of have that same deal here where they can get more uh, press separate than working, to, like just doing it once. But we'll see. You know, I think it could go either way, to be honest. What other news do you got for us? Yeah, the last piece, that one was fun, but the last piece is that uh, Google, there's like rumors that Google's making their own chip for the next Pixel. So, you know, that's there's not much to go on really, but it's exciting. You know, Apple is like a dominant force in the chip industry. Huawei too, or Huawei was up until a certain point uh, a few Even years ago. Samsung too, right? Yeah, I guess so. They're working with Samsung on this chip. That's that's the rumor. Oh, I wrote this, this story on the weekend. I, I, I think that this is a good idea, right? Like that's the... 
the like behind the scenes thing that makes the iPhone special isn't just that like the A series chips are more powerful than what what Qualcomm's doing in the Snapdragon with the Snapdragon. It's the like synergy of the hardware working with that chip. So if Google's able to tap into that magic with its own proprietary, I, I believe it's it's based on Exynos Samsung architecture in some way because they're working sense. with Samsung. If they're able to tap into that, that's great. Like that gives the Pixel another advantage over other Android devices. Will it be enough to like make Canadians think that Android is more than just Samsung Galaxy devices? Probably not. But like for enthusiasts, it's it's definitely a win. I think it's I think that's even that's like short term, but I think like long term is like Google is probably trying to play the same game as Apple. I mean, if you can now that Apple's like full Pixel stack books. got everything exactly like it's tablets phones computers are all using the same chips i mean a manufacturer that size to compete like microsoft has arm surfaces i mean google has to yeah, figure it out fair. on their own as well and I, I think like you kind of have to be pushing forward that way and if you're going to be working in the arm space and like if that's where com- computing is going just in general you might as well be working on like your own chip as opposed to like just whatever intel or arm or samsung well even though this is kind of samsung will will sell you off the shelf you know dean do you do you have anything to add to it because you're you're mr pixel android man that yeah was, was waiting for you to say something i was just thinking like you can have like a whole you can do like a whole uh pod on justice like just even yeah, though it's just a, such a little thing like they're making their own they might make their own chip like it's at least in canada i don't know about the market like share in other countries but at least in canada there's only really two big phone players like smartphone players now and it's really just samsung and apple and the more you like we'll get into this more with lg but the more you're starting to see all these different companies leave our the canadian market um i was just tell i was just talking to uh pat about how i think in the last three years there's been like five different brands that are just not here really anymore so the fact that google is thinking about making their own chip will kind of put them in their own little like this is what differentiates them between against something like samsung which is like another big android company they're, they're just trying to be like in their own little space they're trying to make their own little like their own kind of like iphone yeah they need to carve out their own fans yeah everyone keeps, every, always says like the this is like the iphone of androids or the android of iphones I don't know. People always say that stuff, stuff like that about Pixel phones, and this will really push it. I think this will push it forward, and it will in like give it if this if Google makes it in like five, next five years, it will be the phone market in Canada. Will, I think will be Pixel, iPhone, and Samsung. Samsung will be the Androids. Google is also Androids, obviously, but they are they now they will be their own type of Android, and then iPhones. The only thing I don't like about Samsung compared to Google and Apple in this scenario is like both Google and Apple have like strong, big like OSs outside of the phone sphere as where Samsung's like once you get to their tablets. And like I was reading through the comments on my Samsung tab reviews and there is a very strong, very, very strong contingent of Samsung tablet users out there who hate me, um, but love Samsung (laughs) tablets. Um, So, you know, there are people that use them, but I really don't think the Samsung like productivity force is anywhere near what like a Mac or a Chromebook is still. And yeah, come at me, Samsung people. I know, I know you're mad, but that's how I feel. My mom is probably one of those commenters. She loves. Yeah, no, but she has one. She uses on the side, doesn't she? She's not like she's using as her main productivity device. Oh, I mean, like right now, she uses it as her main productivity device. Does she use it Dex? Crazy. No, she just uses uh whatever the not the newest tablet, but the one from the year before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Uh, that's still better than Dex. Dex is. (laughs) Yeah, Dex Dex is is annoying. But yeah, Um, should we move on to LG? Yeah, let's talk about LG. We already were basically doing it anyways. What does LG stand for again? We should really clarify that before we get into this. I it think that's stand necessary. For something, does it? Yeah, life's good. Yeah, it stands for life's good, dude. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Yeah, life's good, <laughs> really? baby. Yeah. No way. Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I think you. it is. We can look oh, it up, but their slogan it's is life's, life's good. good. I'm going to Google it right yeah. now live on yeah, the podcast. Do what does LG stand for? You can even hear the typing. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Like, like that. No way. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, yeah. life's not so good for Samsung right now. <laughs> for LG right now, you mean? Oh yes. <laughs> Samsung's, like, so often, Samsung's probably hype. They're like, we were already yeah. winning, but less competitors, the better. Life is good for Samsung right now, and not mm-hmm. good for LG. So over the weekend, I just I just happened to be online really late 
Dean sent me a message and along the lines of, yo, did you see that press release? And then I checked my email and uh, late Sunday night, which I assume is the morning in South Korea. Yeah, was it Sunday night? It. Yeah, it was Sunday night and they said it was Monday morning, South Korea. Monday morning. That's, okay. Yeah. LG officially announced that it's leaving the smartphone industry. We've seen rumors about this forever from different South Korean publications. So it was something that was almost certainly going to happen. I know that they were talking about maybe selling the company to, to, to like another smartphone brand or a totally different entity. Yeah, and Volkswagen. That, was it Volkswagen? Yeah. One of the, what well, was one of the options. That's so with. funny. Imagine the Volkswagen LG wing. Yeah. <laughs> no, the LG wing is like, they, the engineers knew they were going under and they were like, we're just having fun with this one. 100%. We don't care anymore. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, this is our last hurrah. We're going to yeah. do whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. LG has a long legacy in the smartphone industry that we're going to talk about very shortly. But I'll, I'll read, I'll just read the quote, the, the main quote from the press release. And then I have like a little tidbit that was towards the bottom of the press release that I find I found kind of funny. So they said that LG's strategic decision to exit the incredibly competitive mobile phone sector will enable the company to focus on resources in growth areas such as electric vehicle components, connected devices, smart homes, robotics, artificial intelligence, and business to business solutions, as well as platforms and services. So the other thing that they said right after this was that LG plans to focus its work on 6G now that it's no longer in the smartphone industry. 6G isn't even a thing. So like yeah. along with the other buzzwords they threw in here, they also just made another one up. LG. I Personally, to be completely honest, from this press release and how poorly LG handled its phone business over the last five, four or five years, maybe more, it's not surprising. It's like it honestly no, seems like a company that doesn't really know what's up. They make good TVs, but even those are like over the top and filled with superfluous fleet features that are making them more expensive than consumers need. But there's that there's that flagship one that everybody's buying right now for the new consoles. They're the C- buying it because it's the C6. only one they can buy for their modern consoles. Yeah, Give it a year and people true. won't be buying Fair it anymore enough. because it's not worth it. Unless LG puts out like, like uh, I love LG TVs. They're the best in the market, no doubt about it. But the added like software features and the things that they add to them are so unnecessary it, like I, they could easily cost less if they just like weren't having an R&D department that has run out of things to do. Dean, you cover LG stuff for the site. I used to many years ago. I reviewed the G4 before I came to Mobile Syrup. I reviewed the G5. I'm going to open up my G5 review to remind myself what I said about that phone because I don't remember it. It was so long ago. But you, you like LG's devices, right? Like you like the Velvet. You gave it a, a pretty good review. You've reviewed some of the like dual screen phones that came out in the last little bit. You liked those. How does this make you feel? Like, do you care that LG is no longer going to make phones anymore? I like, I personally don't because I, I haven't liked their devices in half a decade. Right. But does this matter to you as someone who is somewhat of a fan of LG phones? I wouldn't call myself a fan. No, I just, I your review think... scores say otherwise. Yeah. Because all in all, they're not bad phones. I don't think. They are decent phones. I have uh, I had an uncle who has an LG G8, I think, and he enjoys it. And it's not nothing they do. I want to say is bad. A lot of what they do is not worth it, and a lot of what they do is not as good as other companies. Notably, Samsung. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, which I think is their biggest issue. Like they, the LG Velvet was a cool. It was it was cool because it was a mid range phone that was you can get it for six hundred dollars on Videotron or something like that. Not not everywhere had it for that low, but you could get it. You could find it for that low price, and I thought that was great. Yeah, that was a fair phone. Yeah, it was pretty. It came in pink. I'm all about that, but nothing about the phone was necessarily all that great. And that phone came out before the Pixel 5. It was, if it was the opposite way around, I don't even know if the, the Velvet would have seemed as good because the Pixel 5 was a mid-range phone that was more yeah. affordable, that was better, right? So it's... It's type of thing where I just don't think LG knew what it was doing after the G5. That's what I've been saying. They have no idea what they've been doing yeah. for years in like any department. Well, yeah, that's like, not true, but the G5 
had its friends. The G6 had a processor that was a year behind um, than any anything else that came out that year. The G7 was honestly like a shining light for LG. People were like, oh my gosh. I don't even remember they, the G7. Wait, was that one the leather back and the slightly curved front like a no, banana? that's like the G4. I'm okay. pretty sure, yeah. The G4 has the, the leather back. It was really cool. Yeah, the G7, uh, I didn't review it, I'm pretty sure. That was their first thank you phone, I want to say. Rose. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, remember, yeah. I remember this one. Yeah, the thank you branding, too, is... It was Very super, super strange. But it was, Rose called it safe and sound. And I, I got to, when Rose was finished the review, I got to use the next. And it was, it was a good phone. She, uh, it, it was something where it was like, finally, LG seems like it's, it's not, it's, it wasn't obviously the best phone on the market, but it was kind of going the right way. And then they went the G8 and that hand BS. They had the G7 one in between there too, which they I did. wrote down as one of my favorites because it was like super cheap and it ran stock Android. It was like 100%. Whoa, I don't perfect. know why they didn't just keep running stock Android and stuff. Yeah, honestly. But um, the G8 had the hand thing. It made no sense. What's the hand thing? The hand motion thing where you can control the like the music or pull up Google. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. You could song. like put your hand over it yeah. and like twist it. Yeah, to turn up the it volume. It was like an old school Samsung gimmick from like the early 2010s. Yeah, it was a huge gimmick. I mean, it was fun for me to have, like to play with. I remember we, I think Brad, Bennett and I did like a, we tried we to do a video, video of it. it. Yeah. yeah, that actually might be online. It was a fun gimmick you fell on, but no one should buy it because there was other options. Then they started doing dual screen phones. I mean, people love them. I've I've heard some good things about them in my reviews or comments, comments and whatever. But like, you don't build a cell phone business on gimmicks like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it. It wasn't great. They they kind of lost sight of what they were doing years ago, and because of that, they've they failed. I think. And LG UX was not great. It was. Oh, it, it, it kind of reminded me of TouchWiz. Uh, a little bit better, a little bit better than TouchWiz, but it kind of reminded me of that. I think it's also a big downfall because they LG took a long time to get a lot of their updates, like a lot of Android updates. It was it was one of the slowest. It is probably the slowest in the Android market. All of this is what made the company fail, in my opinion. Yeah, I was just going to ask. So I guess what you're saying is that it's several factors. It's not one thing, right? Like it's not a lack of sales. It's not COVID. It's like a bunch of different stuff combined to result in this decision. I think a lot of those things combined is what created the lack of sales, Okay. which is what created – like they have been doing um, – I forgot what the word is, but they haven't been doing great sales. Why they've been taking a loss? They have been operating at a loss for the last five years, right? So they uh, and five years ago, if you go back five years ago, that's kind of around the G five, G six, right? Yep. So um, they haven't been able to pick themselves out of this hole since back then, and and it's for these reasons why uh, crappy UX, uh, crappy gimmicks camera okay it's just i don't know the other companies having gotten a lot better whereas lg got a lot just sideways hasn't. like they went a different way and it wasn't better and yeah 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 even the velvet it was just like a nice phone with a nice price but like it was huge and like off-puttingly pink for probably a lot of people had that phone been like a hundred dollars less and gray Probably would have sold way better. No, like I like colors. I think it did come in black as well. Did it? Okay. Never yeah. Mind. It's a nice minimalist design too. I, I have one right now. Bell sent me one that for this story that I'm working on about 5G stuff. But yeah, I I, I used it like a little tiny bit. It, it feels nice in your hand. Yeah, it did feel nice. It, this was probably their best thing for a while. And that's just kind of an unfortunate because it's, it's just so a So let's switch phone. this. Let's switch gears like a little tiny bit with this conversation. What I want to do now is each of us are going to come to the table with like our favorite LG device over the years and and sort of explain why we really liked it. So I'll, I'll go first. The last LG phone that I used consistently and probably 
no, 100%. It was the last review that I did was the G5. That phone was not good, first of all, but it did <laughs> interesting things in the in the in the in the smartphone space, right? Like it was one of the first devices to have a wide-angle camera, right? Which is now standard across the industry. And the wide-angle camera for being like a first-generation one in a smartphone performed pretty well. Like when I got that review unit, I was at Mobile World Congress, and I just remember like walking around a park in Barcelona, like being amazed at how cool it was to be able to take this type of photo from a smartphone. Mm -hmm. And then building off that, like friends, again, they sucked. They were bad. They were not good. There was like the 360 camera. There was the, the, the headset. A lot of the friends, you had to like take the battery out of the G5 in order to connect it, which makes absolutely no sense. And then also on top of that, why did the LG G5 have a removable battery? Like I know some people really like that, but then yeah, that, that was another whole thing altogether. But like I, I was, when I was writing the notes for this pod, like I was going through and just looking at my G5 review and even, even looking back at it, I still feel like this poll quote that I have in there is something that, that I believe about the G5. So what I said back then, when did this go live? I think it was like 2016. Yeah, March 29th, 2016. That's hilarious. Wow. A little over a year. Um, so what I said was, it's hard not to admire what LG has attempted to accomplish with the G5. And I, I still feel like that. Like that phone tried to do different things that at the time in the industry, other companies weren't doing. It may have not done them well, but LG took a chance with it and it didn't work out. And I still respect it. took a lot of chances. Too many chances though. Too many too many chances. Can you explain the friends situation just to clear it up though, just in case anyone doesn't know? Oh, they're know. moto mods. Yeah, yeah they're, they're moto mods. Yeah, you add like a camera thing to it. There was uh, a separate 360 camera that was one of the first portable 360 cameras. I remember that was going such to, a like... weird time. The 360 <laughs> camera time. <laughs> so weird. I remember like just walking around San Francisco, holding my hand in the air, and like taking 360 cameras everywhere, and people would, like 360 shots everywhere, and people were, like looking at me like I was crazy. You're probably looking at yourself. What are you even doing with that footage? <laughs> I took them. Where did I go? I went to like that area of the city where like the Golden Gate Bridge is. It's like a huge mm-hmm. park. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think it's called like the Presidio or something like that. And I and I was walking through trails and taking pictures of of like the vistas and the the scenic landscapes and stuff. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Available and they were really cool yeah. but you couldn't do anything with the photos like yeah exactly you couldn't share them on twitter you couldn't put them on facebook although i think you can now maybe i don't know back <laughs> then you couldn't like somebody did get the essential cam 361 but could you share those shots on on twitter like i remember writing the story and i couldn't embed them on the website so it's like you're writing about a 360 camera but you can't even talk about like what the photos look like yeah and then uh there was a VR headset, which was horrible. It had like crazy light bleeding issues and there's nothing for it. And uh, what else was there? There's one other friend. I think there was a there? speaker, I want to say. Yeah, I could be wrong. I think there was a speaker, yeah. Um, yeah. Which again, to attach the speaker, it's not like a moto mod where you just slap it on the back. You had to like take the battery out and put the speaker in. Like yeah. it, it just made, it was not good, but they were the first company to do it. And I always have this level of respect for companies that try something kind of insane even if it doesn't fair work. enough you know what that's fair i'll give you that who wants to go next i can go next so the first one i had written down uh, this actually came from samir when we were talking about this the other day but and it's not even a true lg phone but it's the nexus 4 because lg didn't do the nexus 5 right that was htc or my off base does I anyone remember i do not remember you. i can't tell you but the lg like nexus phones were pretty slick and i mean that's that's what i liked as a pixel fan now because i like stock android so back in the day and the nexus 4 too was like that was right when i was getting into android i was about to get it and then the nexus 5 came out so i ended up with that but it was so cool they did it make just the like five. they did make okay the perfect five. so so both of those the 5x as well 5x 
Oh yeah, because that, that was the they made like the six P and then the five X. Yeah, and the six P yeah, okay. was HTC and the five X. Oh, was, the five X! I, I totally forgot that yeah. existed. But those Nexus phones were sweet. They were like super priced, but yeah, the Nexus Four was cool. It was like one of the first phones I think to have wireless charging. And if I remember, it came like you could get this wireless charging dock that was like an orb that it sat on that was super cool. I think. I and then on that. top of that, like the back of it being that like holographic like depth glass pattern was. Uh, I actually liked it. I mean, I don't know if it would hold up if I was like to see it now, but I at the time I thought it was like a really like subtle way to add some some character to a phone. Um, and then beyond that, just the other one is the LG G7 one, which, you know, in terms of modern LG phones, I, I think that that's probably where LG should have been like focusing more of their efforts than on dual screen devices with 5G and crap like that. I, I enjoy that you picked two LG phones without any LG software. Um, yeah well that's <laughs> that, that says a lot about me but that's where i'm at yeah i want to go as far back as lg chocolate that was great uh, lg rumor one. too i forgot about uh, that the lg rumor i loved uh, it it was my favorite one of my favorite phones i think that for their last hurrah they should have made a smartphone version of the rumor somehow with a slide out keyboard that was such a cool era in smartphones before like consistent operating systems were a thing yeah. companies were just yeah. doing like the most insane stuff to try to catch people's attention. And I loved it. I can just keep going. The LG G3, I, I, I worked at Best Buy when I, and I bought it and I was just like, this is such a good phone. G4 is better though. The G4 was the Probably. same thing with a leather back and a bit better The camera. leather back. It's all about the leather back. <laughs> yeah. Get, how are you going to get a patina on plastic? Yeah. Canadian be carriers done. sold the G4 for like years and years yeah. and years as like a budget device probably up until like i don't know like something like two or three years ago yeah did it have like a really nice hand feel is it easy to like give it, it to a consumer in a bell store and be like this is the phone yeah. you want and they're like oh it feels like i'm shaking the hand of a human being i'll take this <laughs> leather i guess they are yeah. um <laughs> well you know what i mean it's like a yeah it was a, a live being at one point it's kind of like what patrick said but i really do respect lg for trying new things despite it not working out so i and i'm a big fan of gimmicks and wow. i think the g8 and its hand thing despite it not being a good phone i gave it a 7 out of 10 but i still look back and was like i'm like man i wish they just kept at this or kept working harder no, at it i'm shaking my head trying no. to make it something better or trying to i think it had You're a wrong. lot of potential and maybe could have one day had been something good imagine a world where people were running around like waving at their phones to interact with but like what if you're way. in your car and instead of you like what are you just like next song next song like, you just you, talk to it you say hey Hey, Google, play the next song. Why are you like, whispering? Oh, because I have like 90 <laughs> different smart devices in here. And anyone that's listening to this on a speaker in the future that also has them will have that same problem. Well, I, I building that. off that, like Google's Soli sensor does something very similar. And they stopped using it because it failed too. But the G8 did it a little bit better in my opinion. Really? Okay. Yeah, the G8 so, had more features, but exactly. it was still finicky. Oh, 100% okay. it was finicky. Yeah. Like you could turn the volume up with the G8. Like you could be like... What was it? You had to like come yeah, in, like, <laughs> like you're turning a knob. Like minority yeah. report. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, it was like that. Um, um, except, and I think the final one I want to I want to give, or actually two more. V20 never had it. Sick double screen though. The two screen thing was I thought those were was cool. so cool, but they never came to Canada. Yeah, or not all of them came to Canada. And I remember when I want I started working at Mobile Syrup. I was like, cool. I'll finally get to see a V phone in Canada. With two screens, I don't think either of them didn't. came. I think the V20 was available at Freedom, or not whatever Freedom was back then, Wind. Okay. Um, and that was probably it, or and then nothing else really, or maybe the V30 was Wind as well, and nothing else. But last, not least, I think the LG Wing is such a cool looking thing. I really wanted to try one. I was super no. excited when LG came out with it, and I'm like, yes, I'm the person who reviews LG phones. I don't think this is a great phone, but it's... Gimmicky. And they were like, it's not coming here. Yeah, it's not coming here. It's giving key AF, and I was super excited for it, and it's just not coming here. There's no... And there's no more rollable. So, there it is. Roger should sell the wing for $0. I'd buy it. 
<laughs> Honestly, the wing, like beyond it being like a huge, bulky, like big phone that I don't want, I do see the like I see the value of being able to like watch YouTube and scroll You're Reddit sick. at the same time. Yep. I think it's such a cool idea and it's unfortunate that it didn't come here. But uh it's also like one of the reasons why this company is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They just sunk how many thousands of or millions you know how much does it cost to r&d a phone that you know will never sell like you know who, how many times <laughs> does it have to be approved like yeah. they did it for five years yeah. I guess. Yeah. all right let's let's shift gears um and talk about apple stuff apple's apparently going to have a april event a spring event it's supposed to happen on march 16th then the 23rd now rumors are pointing to mid-april what's like a little bit interesting about this event and and probably slightly more exciting than your typical apple event is we don't know what they're gonna show off there's like a wide variety of possibilities so there's like the air tags which we know are a thing they've been in like apple support videos by accident before we know they exist it's just a matter of when they get revealed there's like the third gen airpods there's the new imac with minimized bezels and, and an m1 like desktop level chip there's the new ipad pro possibility then there's like the ipad mini it hasn't been refreshed in a really long time and i think it's coming with magsafe an ipad mini with magsafe remember that like belkin charger thing that you put up the other day yeah it was like a stand but from mags but yeah, it's like yeah, a, yeah. a magsafe stand for your phone but it's like who's putting their phone like it's too small oh, I remember. but yeah, an ipad that on that stand that would be interesting yeah i think so that'd be cool i hope so so in, and then the only other thing that might might be shown off is uh possibly a new apple tv like there's a rumor that I wrote about yesterday, which will be Monday, Tuesday, I guess. It doesn't really matter. Nobody cares when I wrote the story. It was 120 hertz HDMI 2.1 compatible Apple TV, which I don't think is a thing that needs to exist, but it would be it would be kind of cool. I think if they're going to do it, they should wait. I mean, if you, it's not necessary now. And if you waited a year and a half to two years, I think you could do it like from a manufacturing side. You could probably do it cheaper. Could there probably. be a new iPhone? An iPhone SE 3 or something, or like a mid-range iPhone? No? Not at this event, apparently. No rumors point to it. Like, anything could happen, right? These are just rumors and speculation and rumors about Apple stuff, depending on what source you believe have been wildly inaccurate the last couple months. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's possible. I, I, don't, I don't think, based on the cadence of when Apple releases SE devices, that it, it would be, but it's possible. Yeah, I don't think they would have to. I feel like... What, the last one's only, is it a year old or two years old? It came out about this time two. last year, I think. Oh, okay, only one then. Then, yeah, that's I, th- I think it came out about this time last year. I could see them letting it ride for a whole another year, especially with the failure that the Mini is. I could see them just being spiteful and being like, no more small phones for you guys. So Your sad fault. that the phone's a failure. Is it I know, really? I want one. It was, to be the honest. last SE was April. Mm. All right, so yeah, this time last year. All right, yeah, I don't think they'd, they'd redo it. I think... If I had to pick some things I think we're going to see, I'm thinking iMac for sure. I want to say AirTags, but it just doesn't make sense to do it at iMac event. But I think iMac and some kind of iPad for sure. But Air, AirTags, like, uh, it, it's like it has to be there. But I've been saying, we've been saying that for almost a year now. So who knows? Was there supposed to be like a wireless charger? Like a charger? That'd be great. Just a whole event for a wireless charger. I don't know if they're going to do that anymore now that they've focused on, like, now that MagSafe is a thing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's worth it yeah. for them to, to like, continue down that path. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I'd want I think mini. it'll be the iMac and an, uh, and the new iPad Pro. Like, they iPad release Pro? new iPad Pro every year. That's, okay. that's yeah. what I think we're going to see. That's true. You're right. We get too many iPad Pros, to be honest, but you're right. Do you think they'll color them like the iPad Airs? That would be sick, but no. no There's an iPad won't. Air, too? Oh, my God. No, the iPad Airs came out last year that are colorful. Remember them? The colorful iPads? Apple products just, I get so lost this summer. I like, I like you pretend that as you do this podcast from an iMac. Yeah. <laughs> before we started, you were like, oh, if you, you know, I'll try your Apple Watch. I, I, I mean, like, yeah, I, 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 I know of these products, kind of, but they're so many. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. Air, iPad Air, or iPad Mini. What's the difference between an Air and a Mini? What's the difference between them? What's the normal iPad? Is there still a normal iPad, or is it just the Air now? Yeah. Or is there a classic? Or is there an iPad? iPad there's a million uh, iPads. Pro? It's yeah, a very confusing one. I get, I get lost in these devices. I know there's one Apple Watch. I mean, a new nope. Apple Watch. Or oh, there's two now. There's like a like a SE version, right? Oh my God, there's three. Okay, 
Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I just, I want, I, I see I, the newest I, Apple Watch, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I should try that. I, see, <laughs> I have a new iPhone, and I'm like, okay. And then I, I use whatever hand-me-down package. Going back to the Macs, do you remember that John Process, or not John Processor, John Prosser? Yeah, he should yeah. call himself. Yeah, John Processor. John Processor leak where he had done renders, and they were colorful iMacs based on the yeah. iPad Air. Yeah, do you remember that? I. I think we skipped covering those because I was I was like I don't want to like do rent like everyone else seemed to be covering them like they were real but I was like, these are renders he made them like if I made renders no one would be covering like why are we covering renders that someone made but yeah if they actually show up like that I would be a super 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 surprised but be super excited as well because I think that that'd be super fun. Wasn't you like if he if this Apple event doesn't happen I'll shave my head or something. His, his eyebrows. eyebrows. Yeah. Eyebrows. I assume he did. I don't know. Yeah, no I don't think I. he did. He might have. I'm going to look it up right now. Do we have anything <laughs> else to talk about? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Dean, you we just talked about it. Like, you use an iMac every day for work. A lot of people say that the latest iMac's design, which I think you have not the latest one. It still looks the same, but you have, like, lat, two years ago's processor, I think. Yeah, F2019. So... When you look at the iMac that you use all the time, like you have more experience using an iMac than me, does it look old to you? Do you think it needs a design refresh? Because apart from the M1 processor that's supposed to be coming to it, that's the big change this time. Like it's going to apparently look more like what pro, the the Pro Display XDR, where it's like all squared off. Do you think it needs a new look? I think it the bezels are really big like it it, it just looks like these i don't know I, I i also i'm someone who's also used like huawei's mate book with like barely any bezels on their the laptop at yeah. all that's a laptop versus an all, all in one computer where you need to put stuff somewhere from my understanding but like even if you go to like like if you look at other all-in-one computers from other companies like hp has quite a few like the bezels on the side side are like so tiny um and they, they still have that big chunk on the end so everywhere on this imac where i see black i think could be reduced quite a bit and just increase okay. the size of the screen and i think that would make a more appealing product apple does whatever the f they want right so it's like different like it's like i feel like it's it's i don't think can like i don't think People might, some people might complain about it, but those are the people who are, don't have it. Whereas the people who have yeah. it don't really notice or care because they're like, this is, this is why I need the screen's already big enough. I'm good. There'll be the, the, the processor bump too, right? Like at least as far as the MacBook, the M1 MacBook Pro is concerned, like all of those issues that I complain about in our mobile syrup Slack are like, they're gone now, right? I have like Because you don't have every... to plug into a display. You are the display. I can plug it into an external display finally without flickering issues. Took like a ton of experimenting, but I finally figured it out. And the solution was like, just use an official Apple cable, which sucks. It shouldn't be like that. Like that's not the way it should work, but that did solve the problem. And there's also like every single app I use for the most part, including including Edge and like all of the Adobe software now have M1 optimized versions. So like for me, the M1... It's perfect now. And that's like another thing that we're going to get with the new iMac. I guess, I guess before we wrap up talking about this event, because it's just like, there's so many, it's, it's hard to talk about because we don't know what's going to be shown off specifically, but Bennett, you mentioned that you think there's going to be a new iPad pro. I know a long time ago, we talked about the fact that you used an iPad in high school as like your main computer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I as a as an old person find insane like that just blows my mind like I can't you need to even... i think remember the type of work you do in high school like it's never none of it is intense none of it's hard to do right sure so but remember like, I'm that so, too i'm so old that people didn't even have like smartphones or laptops in high school yeah no for sure we i'm had, just like, saying like we had lg chocolates doing... <laughs> for sure and you weren't allowed to have them in class keep them in your locker yeah we weren't no you weren't <laughs> even allowed to take it out um, that's why the lg rumor was so great i would have i would like have my phone under my desk and start typing and like pretending yeah. like i'm listening so well, no one actually did it right yeah oh i, I remember did. working at zellers and like texting from my blackberry curve like within my sleeve because it had a full keyboard yeah. i was so yeah. good at it anything back, back, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back, back to like sorry yeah back to using the you. ipad pro as a computer yeah so you use the ipad you use the ipad as like a computer right so i i'm looking to you right now as like 
if you were to do that again, what would you need from a new iPad Pro to be able to do that now with how you use your device every day? Yeah, so like right now is a bit trickier because like I'm so reliant on Photoshop and like Lightroom. I mean, realistically, I guess you can do a lot of the stuff you can do on desktop on the Photoshop app or iPad. Most of it's now. there it's a, now. Yeah, it's a lot better than it used to be. So that that could be done. I guess the biggest issue really is it just comes down to multitasking. You know, back in high school when I realistically I'm using it a lot of the time to just like take notes and then to like write essays, right? So and a lot of that time, I guess like in high school, it's like essays from like books and you've got like a math textbook. So like having the iPad to the side to do some work on is handy. Now with my workflow, like I'm, I, I don't even know how people do it on one screen. I, I feel so restricted when I go down to one screen because like I literally have one screen and landscape in front of me. This is like my main display where I do like what I'm currently working on. But then I have a whole secondary display with like email, calendar, tweet deck, you know, reader and Trello all in like one window that I go through all those. I need to have like easily accessible. Ideally, I need to see tweet deck at all times and then hop between those other ones. And then below that, I have like all my chat apps like Slack and Discord and like those other things. So it's tough to do that kind of multitasking on an iPad. And that's really where it it falls apart the most for me. I know you can't plug it into a display, but like for the iPad, I don't mind writing on it on screen keyboard. As long as it's like at a decent angle, I like it. I like the smart covers where you could like trip them into that small triangle to get the iPad up a bit. I like typing like that. Like I, I have no problem typing and writing on an iPad. It really just becomes a bit of a hassle when you need to like be researching through multiple windows. I know you can get like side windows through iOS or iPad OS now it's not bad like the fact that you can get that slide over window to kind of come up and go away I do use that a lot when I'm on my iPad well there's there's also rumors that it's going to support Thunderbolt 3 and have like true external like extended monitor support would that help that situation I'd have to try it out I'd and I'd like to I think that that point though once you're getting into true extended monitor support I think the issues then become like the apps aren't the same, you know, like I'm, I'm now so close to a computer. Like part of the reason, like I like the iPad is I can throw it in my bag and, and use it anywhere. Like I don't want to have to have it tied but to a desk. What about, like a, I know it won't computer, work for you, but you know? there's a lot of people who have kids or whatever. So what about students? So students anywhere from like, I don't know, uh, elementary school all the way up to if you're in a college program, like journalism, for instance, where uh, you don't need like all this extra like computer science stuff like would that fit into like someone's lifestyle like could an ipad yeah i for sure i mean we've seen it do it we've seen people like even when bryson was here he was working off an ipad pro it wasn't as efficient as the rest of us i think i mean that's really the biggest issue is that like you know on a computer you can be more efficient just because multitasking is slightly more efficient and i think that's really what it boils down to but yeah for students like elementary school to high school you can use an iPad, no problem. I 100% stand by that. I like, I loved it. I just kept an iPad in my bag all the time in high school. And I took all my notes on it, wrote all my essays on it, did all my research on it, edited like small iMovie video projects on it. Like, you know, what you need for the iPad, it's, it can do like all of those things. But for real day-to-day work, it becomes, I don't know, it's harder. I want it to be the thing, and I think I could do it, but I just don't know if I could do it as fast as I could do it on my computer. For me, there's always just too many workarounds. Like, I, I have to, like, re... I, I have to change the way that I do work to fit with the device, and I don't want to do that. It's too much work. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's not bad. Maybe if I was using an iPad... Or not an iPad. If I, maybe if I was using a laptop, like a single-screen laptop as my only device... I could switch fairly easily, I think, because then realistically, you're just working in between like virtual desktops, which is kind of like easy to switch between is kind of like switching between apps on iPad. And the fact that you can have multiple versions of a single app is really handy now. And you can split screen some things. But the way that I've set up my workspace right now is like so tweaked for efficiency. And like, I'm really trying to get like everything out of it that the iPad, I think just wouldn't quite. Could fit. there ever be an iPhone Dex? Sorry, uh, just random. But an iPhone Dex? That's never going to happen. Okay, cool. I think that I think that's the point of M1 computers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Is yeah, sort of in a way. All right, let's let's wrap it up. Um, well, no, like the M1 computers will run iPad apps, and then the iPads will run computer apps. Basically, being iPhone decks. Yeah, sort of. I guess. Uh, let's talk about the, <laughs> the video games that we've been playing lately. 
I've been playing Outriders, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the game had all kinds of issues on the weekend related to servers. I was writing stories about them on Mobile Syrup just for fun. Even yeah, I saw that. No, none of our readers really care. <laughs> yeah, there was and there was like several, about it too. Yeah, there was like several spikes in traffic just because no one else was awake writing updates based on the the Outriders official Twitter account, which was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I, I like the game. It's like for me, it's everything that I wish Destiny was. The plot's kind of silly, but it's fun. The game itself, like the variety of the mission, missions have variety, which isn't a thing in Destiny, at least in my what, experience. What class do you play? I play as um the guy that shoots fire out, and I can't remember the name. Oh, okay, I don't remember the name either. But yeah, that guy looks I cool. Can't. Is it as moody and as touching as the Outsiders? <laughs> no, it's not Speaking moody. Of high school, it is quite dark. Okay. I'm gonna look up Outriders classes really. Quickly, I want to. So if I, I play, remember. I think I'd be a trickster, like the teleporting. Trickster's guy. fun because yeah. you can teleport and like time. Like yeah, I just look look at a lot of gameplay. I'm a pyromancer. That's what I play. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Level level twenty two pyromancer. Um, I've played it a ton, probably more than I've played uh, most games in the last couple of years. I like it. It's it's good. It's um. There's a lot of things that it does well related to weapon customization, being able to just like take any ability and put it on the gun that you like there's just less limitations to making weapons perform exactly how you want which isn't my experience with other other looter shooters yeah i, I that's a a brief I'll, I'll probably be talking about this again the next time we do a podcast because i really only play like one or two games at a time now so i'll just talk more about it in two weeks try remnant from the ashes i was gonna say and see what the comparison is like I, i'm kind of curious to see if those are two similar type games is that an RPG? It's a looter shooter RPG kind of thing. Okay. It's more, yeah. It's like a mixture. Well, th- this is the kind of the same thing too, right? Where there's like exactly. a skill tree, there's like yeah. abilities, there's all kinds of stuff. You have to like change your loadout for specific types of enemies. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bennett, what have you been playing? Whoa, wait, what's happening to me? Is it 2014 again? I'm playing Forza and Far Cry 4. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My buddy was playing Far Cry 4 the other day, and it was like $12 to, to buy. So I, I bought it. We played some multiplayer on the weekend. It was pretty fun, and now I'm just kind of like playing it again. Uh, which is dumb, because Cyberpunk came out, and in my eyes, Cyberpunk and Far Cry are basically kind of the exact same type of game. So realistically, I should just be playing Cyberpunk, because I've already played Far Cry 4 like twice. I don't know. Something satisfying about Far Cry 3 and 4 for I me. I love They're 3. just like... Yeah, they're and four is basically the same. They're just easy. You just run around. You like do whatever you want. You can fly. Yeah, I don't know. And then uh, on top of that, just in Forza, like I said at the top of the show, I've been, I've been watching that F one Drive to Survive uh, documentary or reality TV show type of thing on Netflix. And yeah, you can't watch that for more than two episodes. <laughs> you just like need to play some Forza in your video game time. So I started playing Motorsport Seven which is one that I never really played because I had gotten so far in six that I didn't really feel like restarting and that happened That's again. the latest one, right? Yeah, well, latest, but it came out a few years ago at this point. But yeah, I got through like the first four or five like circuits in that, but I'm still on like the sort of crappier cars. And I'm, yeah, then I kind of got sick of it. And I wanted to do rallies as well. So I skipped over to oh, the rallies Forza Horizon fun. 4. Yeah, and uh, so now I'm just doing Forza Horizon 4. And I think I actually beat the off-road portion of it last night, which I didn't even know was possible, but it ended with this like huge cross-map like race that took like super long. It was actually so much That's fun. Cool. So big into those, playing them again. Uh, definitely, definitely after playing Flight Simulator and having all of the hardware, like the, uh, the flight yoke and the pedals and the accelerator and all that stuff for Flight Simulator – really makes me want to get a setup like that for Forza and for racing games. You're just going to put... Because it's just so immersive. Like the front of a car in your, your apartment. <laughs> and I'll, I just need a wheel. I just want to like a wheel, clank it down on the desk. and just Because I play... Like you do too, I think. I play in my desk now yeah. on my like PC. So I just use this like big screen. and it's. I find it actually is a bit more immersive. Oh, it was actually sick last night. So I play on Discord and you can stream your games to your friends. Yep. Um, so my friends, like my friends that were into cars, were like, oh, let me see you race. And I was getting so into it that I kept like leaning more and more forward to the point where like my vision was so kind of like focused. I wasn't really seeing the map in the bottom corner. And my one buddy, Dom, was just like, dude, like, are you even watching the map? I was like, no, man, can you call it out? So he stuck with me during my races and would like call it. be like, all right, keep going, like gun it, gun it, gun it. 90 degree turn coming up, probably 500 meters, slow down. So I just like only had to That's focus on racing. Hilarious. And he was like my pit crew chief in my ear, were like telling me races? when the turns were 
yeah it's like a thing in rally racing where you have like a person with you telling you like easy left hard right straight in in any like professional racing it's like that so it was feeling like super fun and super like intense last night it was having a blast that's hilarious but yeah that's that's basically what i was playing but yeah if you're watching that f1 show and you haven't been playing forza it's definitely scratches the same itch and it's a lot of fun nice dean what have you been playing um i've actually been putting down my controller lately and picking up my uh, phone to play uh, some mobile games. I'm a mobile phone gamer right now. I, uh, Pulled I hate directly my, from I, your story. Yeah, I hate it for myself, but I mean, that's what I am. Um, I've been playing Magic the Gathering Arena um, that Brad Schenker wrote the news post about. He wrote the news post, and I was like, oh crap, and I just downloaded it right away, because I love Magic the Gathering. You've been a big Magic fan since you were a uh, kid, though, probably right? Probably since I think you told uh, me about that. my first year of university, so like almost 10 years okay. now. And then also been playing a lot of League of Legends Wild Rift, like a lot of it. It's I I find it, like so it? I like I hate PC gaming. Like I'm not I'm so slow on the keyboard and and the mouse that I'm like an old man. I'm a boomer as my intern referred to me earlier. So like it's just not for me. But like playing on my phone on like a, this I play on the Z Fold too. So the screen's big enough and it's just it's just oh, so nice, fun yeah. and fluid and I'm just enjoying myself and not i'm not great yet but i'm doing i'm putting some timing and it's just been a lot of fun yeah uh so that's been mostly me i have also downloaded a couple of apple arcade games and trying to get into them as well uh, fantasian and this one other one called world of demons but uh, mostly just wild rift right now i still want to play fantasian i gotta get around to that at some point i think i'm gonna play it when i have some time off later this month mm-hmm. Which game? It's uh, it's made by the creator of Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Um, oh, that. And it's on Apple okay. Arcade, which is a is a little weird, and it's got like that those diorama, like the diorama background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that yeah. came out already. I thought that was further yeah, off. No, it okay. came out pretty sweet. It's in two parts. Downloaded it right. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So the only part one's out, and then part two's coming out later. Um, Brad Brad's obviously been playing because that's like his his jam. Mm-hmm. I think he's like halfway through it or something like that. Yeah, I played maybe 10 minutes of it, and I was like, but Wild Rift is also on my phone, so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if nice. anyone wants to read my review of Wild Rift to the listeners, uh, it's on mobilesyrup.com. Go check it out. Do you find it really, like, intensive? I'm testing out a gaming phone right now, and I'm wondering, like, should I should I try to run it? I'm, I'm like, sure it can, I, I'm sure it can run it. Like, if it can't run it, that's to be... Yeah. I, I tried it on my Pixel 5, and my Pixel 5 also okay. right so uh, yeah yeah fair enough yeah i guess that's the thing with gaming phones is like there really isn't many limitations yeah. with them fair enough cool uh that's it thanks for listening to the Surfcast. you can find me on twitter at, at patrick underscore work and of course on mobilesurf.com i don't think i have anything super recent to to throw to that i've done um i'll have some features on the site next week but there's nothing current uh, i i like reviewed the well i didn't review them i wrote about the new xbox wireless headset um that would be i guess the most recent big story that i've done bennett where can people find you you can find me pretty much anywhere at the brad fad and then on mobilestrip.com i just put up a review of the sonos rome which i don't think we, we talked about this episode we talked Last about the episode weekend. before yeah and i think my opinion if you heard that one still stands if you're a big sonos fan you'll love this if you don't care about the Sonos features, you don't want to be in the ecosystem, get get a UE Boom 3 or a JBL Flip 5 or 6, I think. So uh, on the site, I don't know. If you have Apple, I've got an adaptive lighting tutorial I wrote. And if you like mounting things to your desk, I put an SD card under there and wrote about that, which some people hated, some people loved. I was just so, going to say, you know, the comments find that on that your own. were so funny. People either loved it or absolutely hated it yeah. and like sent me hate tweets telling me, <laughs> like asking me why I let you write that. I know there's people like, oh my god, I'm doing this right. I'm gonna do this right away. And those people are like, huh, we're writing about taping things to desks now. And it's like, dude, it's, it's like a 150 word story. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> we're just trying to fill some content. People are like, it must be a slow news day. And I wanted to be like, yes, it was. It's a long weekend. <laughs> what do you, what do you want from us? It's like Sunday at two on Easter. All right, uh, Dean, yeah. where can people find you? I'm at Twitter and Instagram at the Daily Dean uh daily spelled d-a-l-e-y that's my last name and uh the most recent thing i've written is wild, uh wild the league of legends wild rift so check that out it's fun cool and as always you can find all of our content on mobile 
And also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Mobile Syrup. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.